You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Killifer. Strangers in the night, exchanging glances. <laughs> I'm Susie Hunt. And if you guys couldn't tell by that, this is episode 138, The Strangers, from 2008. Uh, it's an hour and 26 minutes, directed by Brian Bertino. Uh, we would know from Mockingbird, The Monster, and The Dark and the Wicked. Um, yeah, so we're continuing our home invasion movies with, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I know I normally go last, but a movie I can't fucking stand. <laughs> so let's go around the table and see how everyone else feels. Susie, we'll toss it over to you. What are, what are your thoughts on this? All right. So first of all, Shane has been intermittently watching movies with me. Mm-hmm. Intermittently. He watched this with me last night. I've seen this one time before. I remember I saw it at the drive-in. Same. When it first came out, did we go together to see it at the drive-in? Like, was there a bunch of us? Because I, I think... distinctly remember seeing it at the drive-in, but I don't remember who I went with. I, b- I believe you and Sean went together, because I feel like this was playing with The Happening. Yes! And Don't yeah, tell cause... me the trees are going to take revenge. Because <laughs> I right. remember Jess and I went, too. Okay, so I did see it with Sean, and you and Jess were there as well, because I also remember my car battery I needed to jump after mm-hmm. from having the, the lights on for the sound. So Shane watched this with me, and he gives a little bit of commentary, which I know in the past I've kind of sprinkled through the episode, but I'm just going to lay it flat out from now on. He either likes a movie or he doesn't like a movie, and this one hated it. I'm definitely team Shane on this. So here's my take on it. Liv Tyler is fucking annoying. Mm -hmm. I have not seen this movie since we saw it at the drive-in. And I remember not really liking it. And I couldn't remember why. And we're watching it and Shane's like, what's going to happen next? Why is this happening? And I'm like, I don't remember. It's been 14 years since I've seen it. (laughs) Liv Tyler is a a fucking awful person. And I'll get into that in a little more detail as we discuss the film. The acting Mm. is horrible. Why is she always whispering? Ugh, yeah. Even even before, like, the plot really gets into action, why is she always whispering? Um, Mm -hmm. Underworld over there, he's just like... (laughs) Okay, so someone knocked at our door and they're really fucking creepy and clearly unscrewed the light bulb so we couldn't see her face. I'm going to go for a long drive. Right. Because she goes, I'm out of cigarettes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bitch, you couldn't say it like, oh, I'm sorry. I None of the characters are likable. I felt bad for poor Mike. Yeah, he's the only one I felt bad for. And the poor little Jehovah boys at the in the very beginning and at the very end. And also, <laughs> I fucking hate the ending. Oh, like yeah. that very last shot. I fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. With that said, though, 
the tension, the use of music in this movie is very effective. I think that this movie would have been a lot better if they had different actors as what were the Kate and James? Was that her name? Uh, James and Kristen. Kristen. See, I don't even care about her name. (laughs) But if you think about it, this was at the like, I also thought this came out a lot earlier than 2008. Because I'm like, oh, okay. Liv Tyler was a huge thing in the late 90s, early, early aughts. Mm-hmm. And Scott Speedman was kind of a thing in the early aughts. And then I looked at him like 2008. <laughs> what did she do? Jersey Girl right before that? Or no, that was J-Lo, wasn't it? Or was it Liv Tyler? No, no she even... was in that. She was in Jersey Girl. Like, J-Lo what the fuck? Too. <laughs> it was, it's just, the acting is a mess, and that's what ruined the movie for me, was the acting. Because I think that the parts where the chase is on mm-hmm. are really well done. Especially when the record keeps skipping over and over again, and it just gets louder and louder, so the tension is building. Mm-hmm. Overall, two thumbs down. I will probably never watch this movie again. Unless I... they remade it with better actors. Yeah, I, I, I could I would definitely revisit it then. But uh, I'm kind of with you on this. So, uh, Maurice, we'll toss it over to you. Are, are you going to be odd man out or are you with us? Yeah, I love this movie. <laughs> Do you really? No. OK, I was going to say, I don't I... know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's just I watched it. I think it went in the theater and saw it. It's on theater. I think I may have watched it before part two came out just because. And I watched it this time and probably never watch it again. But like Susie said, the acting was terrible. Uh, The actors are bad. Um, Really, there was the same. There's no one I could cheer for, you know, so. Except Mike. Mike Uh, is being a good friend. Yeah, even he was. (laughs) (laughs) Or he's just like, like, fuck him. He has questionable morals. He, he 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 was. He's very questionable. I do I do like what you said about the music. The music had a good spot um, for the scenes that it took place in. But yeah, overall, I mean, the the idea is cool because you know it's scary. It scares you because this is something that could really happen. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know. That makes it scary. But other than that, eh, it just was not a very good movie. Do you like Jeez. it better than the sequel? Oh, the sequel was terrible. It was garbage. <laughs> I was like, because I remember when we saw the sequel in the theater and you, me, and Tara were all like, Jesus Christ, that was awful. Yeah, that, that was a bad movie. <laughs> so Shane sometimes get? teases me because... It's getting warmer out, and we're not at the point where we want to open. You've both been in my house. We put the big door up in the garage in the summer. Mm-hmm. So now it's not that warm, but he'll leave, like, the door to walk into the garage open and then the back door to the yard that has the screen door. And I'm okay. constantly closing it, even during the day. And he's like, we want a breeze. And I'm like, "I no, you're inviting people. To come into our house. And at night, like the second it starts getting dark, I lock the door. Because you both know that's the main door we use. We don't really use the front door. Right. And he's like, why are you locking the door all the time? I'm like, so nobody comes in. He's like, 
it's because you grew up in the falls. And I'm like, no, it's because I watch a lot of horror movies and I know that some shit can happen. (laughs) I, I think I would be even more likely to lock my door you know, kind of living a little off the beaten path or living a little more uh, rural area because, I, again, I've watched way too many fucking horror movies. <laughs> at least at least in, in, like, a city area, you know, you could scream and someone's going to hear it. If you scream loud enough, they're going to call the cops to shut you up. <laughs> right. I mean, I have neighbors that are close enough in screaming range, but let's be honest. Of everything I've ever told you about my neighbors, the only one that's going to respond is the firefighter across the street, and they would probably kill him first because they know that. Right. Right. <laughs> see, again, too too much true crime and horror movies. Yeah, see, I'm the smart one. <laughs> know how to escape. But uh, I'm sorry, Maurice, was, was that all you had to say about it? Just yeah, not. That, well, that's all I had. See, I, I'm I'm definitely glad I'm not Odd Man Out. I thought I would be because I feel like this film suffers from Chud syndrome. Now, hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> Chud is one of those movies that everybody knows. Everybody knows, but almost nobody can tell you what it's about other than cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. It's a it's an example of a movie that has an amazing name that everyone loves, and the actual film is fucking awful. Like it is a terrible movie there's no redeeming factors to it it's all over the place it's just a mess i feel like the strangers is riding on the fact that its concept is terrifying that there's that that moment where she's like why are you doing this and they simply say you're home right like that is (sighs) so bone chilling that it's like jesus christ like these people are fucking nuts like that alone (sighs) is terrifying and then right before that the only other time she speaks is to say, you're going to die. Right. And what was it? Uh, I forget the the name she kept asking for is so-and-so home. Tamara. Tamara, Tamara? yeah. There's, there's Tam- something like that. Tamara. Tamara. Yeah. Is Tamara home? Um, but no, it, I feel like this movie suffers from that exact syndrome where everyone was so enamored by the concept that they just kind of gave this shitty movie a pass. Because you hear in horror circles, like, people are like, oh, yeah, no, The Strangers was scary. The Strangers was scary. People like the the costumes for, uh, what is it, Dollface, Pinup Girl, and Man in the Mask, who I will continue to call Sackface throughout the entire film. Um, <laughs> he really does look like a sack of potatoes. He does. He's Sackface. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I, I get it. Like, people are kind of enamored with those costumes and the, the concept. But this is just a mess of a film. There's nothing... Mm -hmm. The only thing I can say that is redeeming is what you guys both said. The tension is high in several scenes and with better actors and a more, I don't know, a a well thought out script. Yeah, that would have been well done. But I feel like this was like one of those ideas concocted over a drink that's like, yeah, let's just fucking do it. And they wrote the script in a weekend and and never did another draft (laughs) because it's just there's so much wrong with it. But uh Right. Like, I don't understand really what the point of, well, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. Well, let's keep going. But here's the thing, more to the point about them, like it riding on its concept. And eventually we, we will, I'm sure we will have the strangers pray at night on here, which is the only other way I will ever watch that movie again. The sequel is just as bad, if not worse, as far as its execution. 
the only thing I can say the sequel has going for it is a couple of the kills are intense. Like one in particular is very intense. Um, there's some really great cinematography and that actually does have some decent actors, but they just put in a shit performance. So overall, like the sequel suffers from the same problems that this, this film suffered from. And I don't understand the fandom of this film because like I said, it, it is kind of a mess and I really do believe it ha it suffers from Chud syndrome. Um, which I'm now going to use frequently because <laughs> that's a fun way to say something. But uh, yeah, so for anyone who has not seen this movie and has no idea what the hell we're talking about, the basic plot is a young couple staying in an isolated vacation home are terrorized by three unknown assailants. So basically they're, they're home alone and some people are outside fucking with them and just shit goes wrong. Um, I actually skipped over the cast, so I'm going to hop backward now. <laughs> And get into the cast of this movie. Uh, you really don't have to. I mean, we've already talked about them. True, true. But we should, you know, fo follow suit with our uh, our other episodes. Scott Speedman, Liv Tyler, and guy who played Mike. Yes. <laughs> but we have uh, James Hoyt, played by Scott Speedman, as you mentioned. The Underworld movies, uh, uh, XXX, the Triple X, State of the Union. God, those movies are bad. The Monster, Animal Kingdom, and Grey's Anatomy. Uh Kristen McKay, played by Liv Tyler, Empire Records, Armageddon, The Lord of the Rings films, Jersey Girl, The Incredible Hulk, and Super, which I know it's not a horror movie, but my God, I would love to talk about that on a podcast because that movie is so freaking good. Then uh, Dollface, played by Gemma Ward, uh, The Black Balloon, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, and The Great Gatsby. Uh, Man in the Mask, a.k.a. Sackface, is Kip Weeks. He's in Fearsome, Stateside, 20 Funerals, and Glory Road. Uh, Pinup Girl, Laura Margulies. She was in The Drew Carey Show, Friends, Monk, and The Vanished. And then, of course, Mike, played by Glenn Howerton. That 80s show, ER, Serenity, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Fargo, Officer Down, and AP Bio. So he's actually a good actor, but he's in it for all of, like, five minutes. Not even. <laughs> yeah, he's got, like, what, two lines? <laughs> he has two lines. And then when we see him again, you can tell that's, like, a prosthetic head. <laughs> Right. I like, <laughs> just laid a, a corpse there. <laughs> oh, man. So we open with a text crawl, and it's you know, they're trying to really beef up the scares right off the bat. Say, what you, about, what you are about to see is inspired by true events. According to the FBI, there are an estimated 1.4 million violent crimes in, the, in America each year. On the night of February 11th, 2005, Kristen McKay and James Hoyt left a friend's wedding reception and returned to the Hoyt family's summer home. The brutal events that took place there are still not entirely known. Dun, dun, dun. So we cut in on a POV montage of like suburban ho homes as someone's like driving. So it's almost like someone's casing out a neighborhood. See, I thought it kind of looked like downtown Niagara Falls at first. <laughs> See, and I kind of like, moved it, into DeVoe. Well, yeah, it was like it, it actually I felt it went the other way because it started off kind of suburban and then it started getting into like rundown, sparsely laid out houses. And then it was like trees and farmland. Uh, yes, yes, yes. You are right. But uh, the, the screen fades to black and we get a 911 call from a frantic boy named Jordan asking for help. Uh, while this is happening, we see two young boys walking into a house and we see quick flashes of bad shit. <laughs> There's blood on the walls, a bloody knife, a shotgun, 
And uh, all, all the while, the 911 call is playing over this. Jordan is crying for help, saying there are people here. There's blood everywhere. Please send help. Cut and to he black. He doesn't know uh, where he is. Right. Where are you? I don't know. What street are you on? I don't know. Well, when we see the end, I'm sure he's probably, you know, he's, right. he's sitting with a, a pants full of shit right now because <laughs> he clearly crapped himself. But um, we get the title card and we cut in on James and Kristen in their car at a stoplight. Both look extremely miserable with one another. And Kristen appears to have been crying. So there's this whole long sequence where it's just in silent. These two driving along clearly have had a fight. They make their way to the summer home. They arrive there, you know, go inside. And then we see the place was set up for a romantic evening with candles and rose petals and champagne. So basically, James is going to surprise Kristen. And, and, you know, you know, clearly between his planning and execution, something went wrong. And you know what? I don't fucking care. It really doesn't serve. They could have done it so much simpler. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like all of this is unnecessary exposition. Yeah. It's, it's just and then the the ex, the um, explanation for it, too, and how it ties into the end. Mm hmm. Fuck that. It's it's ugh, it's so dumb. But. So we see uh, James calling his friend Mike and leave him, leaving him a message telling him to come pick him up in the morning, saying things didn't work out and he's going to let Kristen take the car. We see Kristen sitting in the tub thinking about the evening and we get a flashback. So we Did, see them at the wedding reception. Can we pause for one moment? Yeah, go for it. He makes a comment when they're walking through the house about, at first I thought it was the rose petals in the bathtub. But yeah. then she starts running the water, and do you notice how fucking dirty it is? Oh, I didn't even pay attention to that. I'm like, you're going to sit your cooch in that rusty-ass, nasty... <laughs> oh. What the fuck was that movie um, where he eats spaghetti <laughs> in the bathtub? Oh, gummo. Oh, God. Gummo. You're going to sit your cooch in that gummo bathtub <laughs> because <laughs> bubbles are going to sterilize it? No, thank you. Thank you. I had no, blocked that you. out of my mind for a while. No, I totally thought of that. I'm like, are, is this turning into gummo right now? Oh, that movie. Ugh. But but yes, yeah, flashback to the wedding. So, uh, yeah, so we, we see them at, at the at the wedding reception. Everyone seems happy. Everything's nice. James walks over to her, asks her to come outside with him. So they go out to the car and, you know, he tells her he wants to tell her something. He pulls a ring from his pocket, telling her, I remember the first time I saw you. The sound fades out, but her expression drops. So basically, he proposed, and she said no. And then we cut back to uh, present time, and we see James sitting at the table, just eating ice cream out of the container, looking miserable. With a bottle of champagne next to him. I was going to say, get ready to get loaded on champagne. And she fucking comes out wearing the same damn dress that she wore to the wedding. Yep. And she's like... I can only prettiest. wear this tonight. I feel pretty in it. Nobody fucking cares about you. <laughs> wait, wait, what did you say, Maurice? Because she looks pretty in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh. the purple really, the lavender really brings out her eyes. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, this this whole sequence is for, it's it basically just, we're we're wasting time until we can get to the killers. So, <laughs> so this is really like if you think about the side plot of the mm -hmm. engagement, that would have cut out maybe fifteen minutes total. Like every single like little flash, like to yep. the ring when she's holding it, 
So this movie really would have been just an extended, like a very special episode of <laughs> the strangers. People are strange when they are killers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so she sits down next to him and he pops open the champagne and she apologizes that, you know, it didn't work out the way he had hoped and tells him she's just not ready. She then asks him to talk to her and he's, you know, he tells her I'm embarrassed. He walks away and puts on music. She comes over to him. They hug, slow dance and almost turns into the old hibbity dibbity. I won't marry you, but we can fuck. Knock, <laughs> knock, knock. Yep. Then she there's a panties off. off. I, w- I want to make I want to make note of that because I have something to say about that in a little bit. All right. So he pulls yeah. her panties off and we get. Yep. As as she's unbuckling his pants. So he's like, God damn it. Now, I want to point this out. He looks at the clock and notes that it's 4 a.m. So the rest of this movie, like all of the shit that's about to happen, takes place in what? Only a couple hours? Like, it seems like it lasts all night. Like, it goes on forever. Right. But it's right. apparently Especially quick. because of how far he drives. Right. It just, uh, 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 everything's wrong with this movie. But yeah. so he goes to answer it, and it's a young woman standing in the shadows. James tries to turn on the porch light, but it doesn't turn on. And then the woman asks, is Tamara home? He tells her, you have the wrong house. And she goes, are you sure? He tells her yes, and she just stares at him for a bit longer and goes, see you later, and leaves. He checks the porch light and finds that the bulb was unscrewed. So he fixes it by screwing it back in, and the lights turn on. Right there, I would be like, you know what? Let's get in the car. We're leaving. Because, like, that's yeah. really fucking disturbing. <laughs> you know, especially because she's like, see you later. No, no. <laughs> I, I've seen, again, seen too many horror movies. You're casing the joint. I'm out of here. Right. Also, then we go back into the house and they're sitting there talking. Did mm-hmm. she put her knickers back on? <laughs> I don't think so. She's just or- got. Dirty rose or water. Her, <laughs> or are her beef curtains flapping in the breeze? <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. She's such a bitch, too. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm. I again, you, you guys said it at the top. At the top, it, there's nobody likable. Like they're all just not good people. But um, which, as I said, and don't breathe, that can be a good thing when done right. I like that when you don't know who to root for. Now, here, clearly, we're supposed to root for these guys, but I just don't care. Right. Just kill them. They probably saw them driving and were like, everyone's going to hate them. That's the tar- <laughs> That's the mark tonight. No one's going to miss was, these guys. I was rooting for the movie then. <laughs> <laughs> The credits, yeah. I was rooting for the credits, too. <laughs> yeah, when the, when the credits came on, we all cheered. <laughs> it's like, come on. Oh, so, anywho. Back inside, we see, uh, we see James and Kristen sitting apart. She tells him she's out of cigarettes, and he tells her he'll go get some. She tries to tell no, him... No, that's not what I meant. She's so breathy, and oh my god. <laughs> this isn't the fucking Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing. She's like, oh, no, I'll just go to sleep. And he's like, no, you won't. You won't be able to sleep. And he goes, and I want to drive anyway. But I'll so. try. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Her voice is really annoying in this. Oh. <laughs> so he lights a fire in the fireplace and explains how Mike is going to pick him up in the morning. 
he wants her to go ahead and take the car. Um, he also basically he mentions a uh, they were going to go on a road trip. And he goes, I don't think a road trip is good right now. And it's like, why was that necessary? Like, we didn't right. need to know that. We don't care what your plans were. Also, we don't care that you proposed and she shot you down. It has nothing to do with the plot of the movie. Exactly. You could just be a disgruntled couple falling out of love and left it at that. You know what it almost feels like? Is It, it feels like they were like, how do we make a bad situation go from bad to worse and then to nightmare? Like... I feel like that was the impetus for this. Like, oh, yeah, you know, a couple breaks up or, you know, the, the, he, he gets rejected. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, oh, and then then killers show up. Yeah, yeah. It's like, then he kills his best friend. Yeah, yeah, it's getting better. It's like, and oh. the shitty thing that she says when he tells her that he just wants to go for a drive and he doesn't he say something like he needs to they both need to breathe or something. Yeah. And she goes, is that what you really want? Right. It's like, no, don't, 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 don't do that. <laughs> I can take my panties off again. <laughs> oh, hate her. Hate dirty, her rusty, dirty, rusty rosewater cooch. Um, dirty, rusty meat curtains. <laughs> oh, God. I love so, the single about. The- <laughs> <laughs> I can't oh, even finish it. It's just it's making me it's grossing me out. I haven't thought of that in forever. But uh, so yeah, he tells her he'll be back soon. And if she wants to talk more, they can talk then. So he takes off, leaving Kristen alone. Back at the house, Kristen puts on a record, tries to tries on the ring that James got her, clearly thinking about the situation. Oh, she's like, did I do the wrong thing? This ring looks expensive. Right. <laughs> and then there's a knock at the door again. Slowly, she goes over to investigate, but she doesn't open it. She just calls out hello. And hello? the woman... The same woman answers back going, is Tamara home? And she goes, you already came by here. And the woman goes, are you sure? Because <laughs> <laughs> how many fucking houses? Like, And they make a point later in the movie to say how there is literally nobody around them. There are no cars driving by, no traffic, right. no, no moose, no antelope, nothing that can call 911 for you. <laughs> and she's like, that, I don't know, just that line made me crack up because it, was, it wasn't like, you know, see you later, like she said before. She was like, are you sure? And I'm like, what do you mean? I don't know. That just caught me off guard. <laughs> I didn't laugh at any of this movie. I was just, <laughs> let's get it oh, over with. Oh, I had the the groaning laugh where I was like, I kept going like, oh, my God, why? It was just so bad. So she locks the door and we hear footsteps wander off. Also... Why wasn't the door fucking locked when he left? Exactly. Already had a creepy ass woman. I also got shit to say about sensible footwear later. So we'll get to that. (laughs) Oh, there's a whole problem with that later. But uh, you're going to pick up what I'm putting down. Oh, yeah. Yep. So she then hears wind chimes by the window and she looks outside and sees nothing. Suddenly smoke from the fire starts filling the room. She runs over, tries to open the flue, and then the smoke alarm starts going off. She climbs up to shut it off, and then boom, someone is pounding at the door again. She ends up dropping the top of the smoke detector like to the, down to the floor and looks over at the door. Then the wind chimes come up again. She starts looking at the window. And I'm like, I love how every time there's a noise, she's like gasping and throwing her head in that direction. Well, also, the room is filling with smoke. Right. Which... 
where does it suddenly go? Well, I think she did get the flu open because she was like futzing with it and like she clicked something and then there was the pounding and all that or then the fire alarm. But okay. This sequence reminded me of Evil Dead 2 where <laughs> the cabin's getting possessed. Yes. And Ash is looking around the room at every little thing. I was like, oh, this is a pale imitation. But <laughs> <laughs> so she, uh, she Kristen, uh, Kristen goes to get her cell phone and finds it dead. She plugs it in and uses the landline to call James. She explains what, yeah, again, you, landline. Somebody's, somebody's knocking. They're asking for Tamara. Wait, where are you? How far away are you? Oh. <laughs> He's like, are you sure? She's like, it was the same woman. So she gets dressed and yeah, she asks how far away he is. And then the line goes dead. She looks around nervously. Ner uh, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, starting over. <laughs> she looks around nervously, <laughs> lights a shorted cigarette from the ashtray and takes a drag. Meanwhile, we see Sackface emerge from the shadows behind her and just stand there watching. Kristen that, doesn't see him. That is creepy. And this if this movie had been better written, that mm -hmm. really would have creeped me out more than it already did. Because it did. It was effective. See, now, here's here's my my problem. And it starts right here. I feel like they couldn't decide if they wanted the strangers to be ghosts or murderers because they pull <laughs> off some fucking supernatural bullshit in this movie. And this like, is one of them. No, you're totally right. Like, why did they not make any noise when they're moving around? Right. How can they get from the barn to the tree, to the house, to the car? Mm-hmm. Oh my the, gosh. The worst that like, I mean, there's a couple examples, but the worst example, I'm just going to jump ahead for a minute, is later on when Mike shows up and there's that little tiny alcove leading to the back door and like he's standing right next to it. Like you could see, yes, there's a shadow there. He's standing right next to it. But if someone was in that fucking shadow two feet from you, you would be able to see them. He opens the door and goes inside and then you see fucking pinup girl, whatever her name is, slowly melt out of the shadows. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. You're not a ghost. Like, if you were a ghost, I could buy it. But you're not a ghost. You're a killer. What the fuck? <laughs> I they, have not thought about that. Oh, it drives me nuts, like, through this whole movie. So, like, this sequence is where it starts, where I'm like, ooh, that's creepy. But then the way it plays out, I'm like, nah, nah, I'm not giving you a pass on that one. <laughs> you, you were, you know what? <laughs> I can I can sum this movie up in 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 one sentence. You know what this film reminds me of is the goth kid who tries too hard. That should be a children's book. <laughs> but seriously, this is the goth kid who tries too hard. This is this is the epitome of look at me, I'm so spooky. I'm so spooky. <laughs> like, oh, I fucking hate it. That was our tagline in the '90s, early aughts. <laughs> look at me, I'm so spooky. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm off my soapbox now. But anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, she's, she completely doesn't see Sackface. She gets a drink of water and watches out the window. She turns and Sackface is gone. We then hear a sump down the hall and she calls out for James, but arms herself with a kitchen knife, you know, just in case. She hears more pounding on the door, then notices the top of the smoke detector is sitting on the chair in front of her and it's no longer on the floor. So she realizes someone else is in the house. She hears some scraping and pounding at the door and quickly goes to check her cell phone, but her cell phone is gone. Once again, we hear the wind chimes and pounding and scraping. And it's again, the evil dead cabin. 
So slowly she goes over to, to look uh, to the window to look. She pulls back the curtains and sees sack face on the other side, pounding on it. So Every time you say inside. she goes over to the windows, I think <laughs> to, of, to the walls, <laughs> to the walls, to the sweat drip off my balls. Damn you bitches crawl. Ah, <laughs> oh, skeet, skeet, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, and that would have been a better movie than this. Um, Little John in the in the woods. Yes, just screaming at things. <laughs> I'd rather watch that. <laughs> and so she screams and backs away, bumping into the table with the record player, which keys up the record skipping. The man keeps pounding on the window. Someone is pounding at the door, and then suddenly the door unlatches and opens slowly. Kristen peeks out the door to see a person in a baby doll mask peering in at her. She slams the door, screaming then runs and hides in the bedroom while the strangers beat and pound on the windows and doors. Also, didn't she lock the door yeah. a little while ago? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ghosts. Ghost, ghost strangers. None of it makes sense. <laughs> now, I'm really confused by what happens here. So she hides in the bedroom. She grabs the light, like the bedside lamp, and what can't turn it off. So she grabs the bulb and bangs it repeatedly against the floor until the bulb breaks. Like why? Cause she cuts and her hand here. I'm like, why? <laughs> cuts her hand. And I want to point out, cause I'm going to bring it up many times. No shoes. Yes. None. She got dressed, but she didn't put shoes on. Well, and it's maybe she thought that it would rust her coochie out. If she put shoes on. <laughs> Sure, why not? I mean, they're going with every other implausible thing. Now, and I got to say, like, while the record skipping was a nice touch earlier, at this point, it's driving me nuts. That's what Shane said. He goes, all right, we get the point. Can you just fucking stop already? Like I said, this is the goth kid who tries too hard. It's like, look at how artistic I am. I'm going to push you to the brink of insanity with this skipping record. Like, I hate it. Yeah, it made me want to burn my TV. (laughs) So the front door opens and we hear the record stop. Someone is slowly walking down the hall toward the the now open bedroom door. Like, didn't she close it when she went in there? Why is it open now? Because movie's got a movie. Apparently. So James turns into the bedroom. Kristen runs to him telling telling him what's happening. You know, he seems understandably confused. He grabs the knife and goes to investigate. But why he's, is he so fucking dismissive? Like, yes, he probably knows that she's some level of cray-cray already. Mm-hmm. But she is visibly shaken. The lamp well, is broken. She's barefoot. Why is he like, no, this is, there's nothing out there, I promise you. Oh, I can, I can totally explain this. I, it, 100%, there's not a single doubt in my mind that the the filmmakers wanted to make the audience believe, oh, maybe he's actually Sackface. He didn't go for a drive. See, Sackface is in a suit. James was in a suit. Uh, uh, it's Sackface. Sorry, right, def- Fozzie Bear. I didn't think of that for one second. No, I, I was I was thinking that too. I was like, even though I knew, because you know, right. I've seen it before, but you know, watching critically, I'm like, yep, we're trying to get the audience to think that it's him. Yeah, cool, because, yeah, because he reacts so, like, nonchalant and seems distant. And I know what they what they were doing. They are probably being like, oh, well, he's acting distant to her because he's still hurt. 
but we can use that and make the audience think he's acting distant because he's actually working with his people to make her go insane and kill her. And then earlier, he, you know, when he called Mike, it's like, oh, there's the cue. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. It's after it, 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 somebody's going to show up. Mm hmm. It's I mean, it took, uh, a little, it took a little bit longer, but still. Yep. So it was no. I see your point because it's there. Oh yeah. Well, because I have right at right after the the him going to grab the or grabs grabbing the knife and going to investigate. I have in parentheses. I feel like they really want us to believe that James is sack face, but they just did it really badly. <laughs> so. See, I'm glad you two brought that theory up because even the first time I saw this movie, I don't remember thinking that James was Sackface. Yeah. He's too pretty to be Sackface. <laughs> and we <laughs> never actually see Sackface's face. No. Nope. Right. And well, all we see is hair, and his hair is dark. Yep. Like, but maybe it was a wig, whatever. Who knows? <laughs> but so he goes to look around, and we see, we close up on um, Kristen's cell phone in the fireplace. So. Sack face threw like took her phone off the charger and threw it in the fire. Um, she looks out the window and sees a woman with a mask standing a little way away from the house, just staring at them. James tells Kristen that he's going to talk to her and find out what she wants because James is an idiot or they want you to believe he's really in on it. She tells him, no, she's like, you don't want to go out there. And he goes, my, my phone's in my car, so I have to. So they look back and the woman is gone once again fucking ghostly maneuver she was there now she's gone where's she hiding it was a big clear opening where the fuck is she <laughs> oh i hate that shit but anyway so he goes out to uh go uh, he goes outside to get his phone from his car and finds the front windshield busted in and the car has been hot wired and left running he gets in looks for his phone finding the car completely trashed and suddenly a woman's hand reaches out and gently touches his neck he throws himself back. I did like this part because the way he's like, oh, what the fuck? He throws himself in and starts waving the <laughs> knife around. But again, ghostly maneuvers. She's out like he's out in the open. We hear footsteps running away like it's a child's play movie all of a sudden, but we don't <laughs> see anybody. Right. Like, where did she go? How did she hide? How did he not see her? Oh, it, it, this whole film. But that bothers me. But uh so he gets out of his car and we see Dollface standing up the road watching him. He yells at her asking what she wants, but then another person scampers past in the forest and he looks over. Then Kristen comes out calling for him and he's like, ah, I got this. Go back inside. And she doesn't fucking listen ever. She's nope. like Andy in fucking Child's Play. <laughs> Jackie. Um, <laughs> he, he then turns and Dollface is gone again. Like, she just keeps vanishing. So he, he goes back inside and the two discuss the situation while James covers Kristen's hand wound. Like her, her, I decided to squeeze the light bulb wound. So he rips his, his tie and wraps her hand in it without mm -hmm. really cleaning it. Right. There's and probably some glass in there. In that, right. And he's been sweating in that fucking tie all night. Mm-hmm. He's just like. I will help you <laughs> here. Let's get a good and infected. Um, yep. One thing I have to point out here, and I, I'm, I'm assuming you guys had the subtitles on because, you know, we usually watch it with subtitles. Did I actually you... did not this time because oh, wow. I did not, I did not rent it. We had a copy that I could not put subtitles on for. Ah, well, Maurice, did you have subtitles on? 
Mm, yep. So the scene where, where James is outside and he's dealing with all this, it says in the subtitle, dog barking, and you do hear a noise. Now, when he goes back inside and he wraps Kristen's wound, he explains that the entire time they've been here, he hasn't heard another car or even a dog bark. And I'm like, wait a second. It literally just said dog barking <laughs> not three seconds ago. Like, I rewound I, it to make sure. I didn't even know it said dog bark. <laughs> I was like, what the? No. <laughs> like, I always feel like the guys who do the subtitles were like, hey, let's put this in as a joke. <laughs> dog barking whooshing Shane and I love when we watch a TV show or a movie mm-hmm. and the subtitle says whooshing I don't think there's enough whooshing in media these days <laughs> agreed <laughs> whooshing it's our it's our favorite sound effect <laughs> if a couple could have a favorite sound effect ours would be whooshing <laughs> Now, anytime I see that, I'm going to think of the way you just said that. Whooshing. <laughs> and we always exaggerate it when we say it. <laughs> you have to for dramatic effect. Of course. <laughs> oh, shit. So back inside, Kristen asks uh, James, why are they doing this? And James, with an almost eerie calm, tells her, don't think about it. It doesn't matter right now. And I'm like, are you really this heavy handed? We look, we know he's not the killer. Stop it. Like, this is <laughs> annoying. So James gets up and sees his phone minus the battery now sitting on the piano. He tells Kristen they need to leave now. Cut to the What's two of them. Wrong? What's <laughs> wrong? Just he's, fucking get the car, bitch. Just follow him. Damn it. He's running. So they get outside. You may have turned down his proposal, but he's still trying to save your dumb ass. <laughs> well, he still wants them rusty meat curtains. <laughs> he's ah. like, that water makes it real good for the friction. <laughs> oh, God. So Copper shards and all. <laughs> well, yeah, he kept them glass shards in her hand, so clearly he's into this kind of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he's like, well, get away. And then as we're driving, I'll say, baby, give me a hander. It's the <laughs> least you can do for turning my, down my proposal. <laughs> Scrape it up good. Oh, God. Oh, and God. then it's ketchup and mayonnaise that comes out. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. I, think, I think I may have gone too far even for myself on that one. <laughs> Guys, I'm, listeners, I'm sorry. I, I, I won't lie. I did do a little shudder. I was like, oh. <laughs> Not a little shimmy and a shake. Nah, there was a little shudder with the idea of, of blood spooge. Like, no, thanks. Oh, man. So so they, they get out. They get outside and get in the car and they begin backing out. Suddenly, a pickup comes driving up the road at them. James stops and the pickup turns off its lights. We focus on the windshield of the pickup and we see pinup girl like slowly lean forward in the driver's seat. They scream and turn to look in front of them, and there's Sackface standing in front of their car. <laughs> so the pickup rams the back of their car. James and Kristen jump out and run back inside while the pickup continues to demolish the car. Kristen asks James if his dad had a gun, and he tells her there was one there when he was a kid, saying that his dad always hit it. He begins to look and finds it almost immediately. And in parentheses, 
<laughs> I have, do you think he's one of them yet? Huh? Huh? Do you? <laughs> I also want to point out the sheer craftsmanship of that beat up old ass Ford pickup truck. Because <laughs> we see it later, there is no evidence of a Volvo, which I also think that car brand is really dirty sounding because I always want to say Volvo. Y- yes. <laughs> But that that truck like beat that fucking car up. It was like, oh, it, yeah, it was like, brother. It was like Bigfoot at the car show. Like, I mean, he would he yes. it was demolishing it. So, but so they head into the bedroom and and find the curtains pulled back and written all over the windows and lipstick is the word hello over and over again. Suddenly, mud begins hitting the windows and scaring the crap out of them. James runs to the closet and begins searching for bullets. They find the bullets, and James tells Kristen that he's not even sure how to load the gun, let alone use it. And she goes, I thought you said you used to hunt with your dad. And he goes, uh, that's just something I used to say. Like, what, 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 what was the point of any of that? Like, Exactly. Why? Again, totally fucking unnecessary. It basically was just like, what, is, it, are, are you still trying to make us think, like, oh, he's lying to her to throw her off the, like, it, none of it makes any sense. It's just, it's stupid. <laughs> but... Oh my god. So they head to the front door and James James tells her, I'm gonna open the door and I want you to just run for it. So he's like, here, you go out and be the rabbit for them to chase. <laughs> run, rabbit! Run, <laughs> rabbit, run. But before he can open the door, an axe bursts through and it's like, here's Sackface. <laughs> he's just poking his head and looking at him. <laughs> Peekaboo. <laughs> So they roll the piano against the door to block it. They load the shotgun. He suddenly has no problem loading it, even though he said he couldn't. And then he shoots the door, blowing a fucking huge hole through it. Sackface was standing right in front of it, and then he's just magically gone. And he's nowhere around the door. Again with the fucking ghost shenanigans. It, it drives me nuts. So they run and hide in the bedroom and aim the shotgun at the door. And James tells her, we're not going to die in here. We hear the piano roll out from in front of the door and someone walking into the house. Suddenly a record comes on with a jaunty little ditty and we see the big empty house montage. So it's just showing us rooms of empty, you know, empty household. So where are they? They're ghosts. They're not there. Ugh. And aren't they like hiding in like a linen closet or something or like where the help sleep? I, well, they're they're definitely in like they're they're in a they're in another room. It looked like maybe like a storage room or a spare bedroom because there was a bed and then like a couch. So definitely where the help slept. <laughs> but we cut outside and we see a truck arriving at the house. It's it's James's friend Mike. Mike calls James's cell phone and is leaving him a message about how he's outside. And then suddenly a brick smashes the windshield. <laughs> he gets out, freak it out, understandably. Looks around, seeing nothing. So, like, there's no one there. Magic brick through the window. Um, so he he starts approaching the house and sees the, fu- well, the pickup and the fucked up smashed car. And he grabs something. What did he grab? Was it, like, a lead pipe? Is this clue now? Like, he had, like... I thought a... it was, like, a poker. Like, a fire poker that was outside. Yeah, maybe. Like, I. it was weird. It just, he grabbed something know. metal. Mike was just dumb. Right. But I still like, I felt bad for him because he was just trying to be a good friend. Right. But see, and this is the part where he goes up to the, the sliding glass door, like the, the back door kind of area. And there's the little alcove in shadow. 
he walks inside and pinup girl like just melds out of the shadows. And I, I can't stand it. I hated it when I first saw this and I hate it every time I've seen this is the third watching I've ever had of this movie. And I've hated oh, it sorry. every single time. <laughs> oh, I, I ain't going to lie. When, when this almost made the cut before I was kind of happy. It didn't, even though a lot of our listeners were like, Oh, I want you guys to cover the strangers. And I'm like, I don't want to cover the strangers. <laughs> But I'm really glad that I'm not odd man out because I watching too. this, I, I, was I was like, I was like, I just don't really enjoy. They're all horrible people. There's there's no redeeming factor about this movie. Right. I'm telling you, Chud syndrome. But <laughs> so inside Mike sees all the destruction. He leaves the record playing and, you know, continues to search that that irks the hell out of me. You know, you see the, the, the place is fucking smashed up. There's a fucking hole in the door from the shotgun. You know, why are you just going to be like, all right, I'm just going to cautiously walk around. I would be on my phone calling the cops. Like, Right. Ugh. Or Shane, I know I said I was only going to say hated it or loved it. But he was like, why is he just being quiet? Why isn't he like yelling, Jimmy, Jimmy yeah. James, Jim right. Bob. Like, hello, call out something. But behind him, I think, you know what that, you know what this taught us? What Mike's purpose in this movie taught us? Don't be (laughs) silent. Let your voice be heard. Ah, yes, yes. (laughs) So otherwise, kaboom. (laughs) Exactly. But now as he's walking down the hall, this is another part that always drove me nuts. We see Sackface watching him and then slowly following him with an ax. Now. That hallway, there are three doors, and the doors are a little ways down the hall. The, the, the hall kind of connects to the big, larger living room, dining room area. There was no way for, or nowhere for Sackface to disappear to. He's just standing there with the axe. Mike walks, down, uh, walks a little further down the hall. He reaches the open bedroom door, says hello. James blows his fucking face off. We see blood spatter the wall just like in the opening montage, but Sackface is no longer in the hall. Where did he go? (laughs) Look, I hate it. Also, Shane thought, and I I had to like think about it for a second. Shane was like, isn't this a two-story house? And I had to think about it for a second because when they first drove up, I thought it was, but it's just Mm. a very spacious, like open concept home that only rich people in the Hamptons can afford. (laughs) <laughs> what, what were you saying Maurice he, oh he was screaming why wasn't he wearing it? why did he take his mask off oh yeah yeah cause, <laughs> cause, <laughs> cause, yeah because Mike is like he doesn't have a mask on why did he or not Mike James is like he doesn't have a mask on why did he take his mask off and he, he slowly you know crawls over to the open door and he realizes that it's 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 Jay, or it's uh, Mike and he starts you know yeah. freaking the fuck out and then he body slams uh, Jamie, or what was her name, Jamie? Uh, Chris, Kristen. Kristen. Yeah, yeah, she, she tries to get up, and he's like, no, don't look, and slams her. And she's like, ah! No, that was way too loud for her. She was like, ah. ah. <laughs> See, I, I, I can't do, like, the really gurgly, throaty yell if I'm not loud. I was going to say, I don't think she sounds like Vulture Man. but so the two slowly gather themselves and leave the room with the gun 
James tells Kristen to wait there. He tells her that there's an old radio in the barn. So he's going to go there and try for help. He doesn't know what else to do. He's like, I don't know what else to do. So he pulls back the curtain. He goes, stay inside. And she's like, okay, I won't listen to you. Yeah, she'll Doesn't he at one like point things. tell her to put shoes on too? If he did, I, I my eyes at that point were rolled so far back in my head I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong in that. But I, I thought at some point he told her to put shoes on so they could run. And Dummy McDummerson was like, all right, I won't put shoes on. <laughs> She's like, I'm an elf. I don't wear shoes. <laughs> Just like the furry feeted hobbits. Uh, but so he goes to the to the back door and he throws back the curtain on the on the sliding door and on on the glass in lipstick it's written killer. So he tells her to go hide and he'll keep them away from her. He heads out to the truck, looks to see if he can get it started, but he can't. Then hides in the woods and looks at the barn. We see Pinup Girl come out with a flashlight, so she comes walking out of the barn. He aims the gun at her. She turns and spots him with the flashlight. Suddenly, we hear someone running up behind James. He turns. <laughs> Sack face is almost on top of him. We cut to Kristen, and we hear a gunshot. He just wanted a hug. <laughs> exactly. But now, again, we saw that James at least can shoot the damn gun. He turned and aimed straight at Sackface. Now, we heard the gunshot. So what did he do? Like a cartwheel out of the way? Did he pull some like John Wick shit? Like what happened? Like how did he do miss? not do not even mention John Wick in this movie? <laughs> well, just saying, like how the fuck did he he miss at such close range? Like oh, it's so frustrating. So now this is where, of course, you know, Kristen has to go outside and investigate. She doesn't see anyone. And we see Sackface in the house coming up behind her. So how the fuck did Sackface get from the woods to behind her already in the house? Like it was actually an hour later, but we're in like <laughs> we're on Earth 17. Right. Uh, so time is completely different there than it is here. This is actually a Marvel. No, this is actually like a DC movie. <laughs> Oh, it's 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 this whole part. Like I said, the, the the ghostly bullshit that the strangers pull throughout this movie drives me crazy. No, it's it's knuck and futz. So she gets up and goes running into the forest barefoot and trips on and something. Because <laughs> bitches always be tripping. Right. But I'm like, what did she trip on? Because it looked like she tripped over like a root and then she's like crawling up out of a ditch. And I'm like, wait. Was, did you trip on the ditch? Like, wh what happened? I thought there was, like, a tripwire there. Like, the killers were smart enough to say, like, this bitch looks like this is where she's gonna run. <laughs> so, I this is she... where we should put a tripwire. It was very Scooby-Doo. I think it was It was just literally that old tried and, tried and true method of, of of women in horror movies falling down when the killer is chasing them. You know, I think I think that's how bad this movie like, yeah, just do that. Do that thing where the girl falls down because it was so dumb. But <laughs> she hears Sackface breaking shit in the house and starts to crawl away behind her. We see one of the women following her. Kristen stops and turns and suddenly the masked woman is gone because reasons. Why not? 
so she continues to crawl and makes her way to the barn where she gets a flashlight and, and looks around. And I love this. She sees the tool rack. <laughs> There's the very obvious spot where the axe was and it's all outlined in the chalk outline. Yep. It's like, I know people actually do that, but every time I see that, I crack up. It just doesn't look right to me. So she finds the radio, attempts to call for help, but can't get anyone. Then a ghostly voice calls out, hello, and she drops, drops, the, uh, drops the radio and falls to the floor and looks around. All around the outside of the barn, the strangers start banging on the walls, making noise, scaring Kristen. Suddenly, someone answers on the radio. She grabs it, says in her tiny little voice, please help me. Please help me. I am very scared and I am very wee. But then Pinup Girl And I pop- have to make a wee. <laughs> then Pinup Girl, who was clearly outside, is now in the barn, standing behind the radio that Kristen was facing and somehow didn't see her come behind the radio and smashes it. Like, okay. Now here's the part I have a question with. She gets up and runs and then drops to the ground and starts army crawling. So is her foot fucked up or is her foot not fucked up? Because she just ran out of that barn. No, get this. Okay, so we see her army crawling and then she's limping around like Tiny Tim inside the house. Right. But then she's going to start walking like, oh, it don't hurt no more. Mm -hmm. It's like it was a ruse for the killers to be like, oh, she's injured. We should give her an advantage. And she's like, oh, no, bitches. It's in other words, it's just bullshit. (laughs) This movie is filled with bullshit. I even asked Shane. I said, (laughs) so is her foot broken? Like, is her ankle broken? Like, what's going on? Because she's like crawling like Tiny Tim. (laughs) Right. Like, because, well, that's the thing. Like I said, I thought her her foot was was broken because the way she was crawling. But then when when Dollface or whatever pinup girl smashes the the radio, (laughs) Kristen's like, fuck this. And she runs. And then once she gets outside, she's like, oh, yeah, and drops to the ground and army crawls. But then again, is it supposed to be adrenaline? Yeah, but I think even if you're if your foot's broken, I don't think you're going to get that much. You're, oh, you're I'm not, not be arguing able to... with you. I'm just <laughs> trying to I'm just trying to explain the pain away. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any explanation for the pain that is this. Moment. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes crawling on her belly through the woods and we see sack face wander in the woods looking for her. She then sees pinup girl come out of the barn and we see doll face on the swings, just like la la la, just swing it away. She crawls a little further, sees the car is now on fire and then turns around and the ladies are gone because of course they are. So she gets up and hobbles to the house, uh, makes her way down the hall. The lights get shut off. She turns back and looks around and then seems to be walking just fine. Yeah. Like, mm, <laughs> no continuity. She just Maybe she just needed a little break. <laughs> Apparently. So she suddenly hears that, the piano. Oh, good. What's that, Martz? I was going to say the crawling cured her pain. Right. <laughs> suddenly she can walk. But she hears uh, she hears the piano playing and turns around to see old sack face come walking out of the shadows completely misses her and heads into the next room. So she in his the- defense. <laughs> I don't think that mask is very good for the perif. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But she also wasn't very quiet. Like she spoke quiet, but everything else she did loud. 
Right. I, I was I was thinking he couldn't hear well because <clears throat> then maybe the gunshot. Ah, <laughs> uh, so he, have, he he did cartwheel out of the way of the shotgun, but it, it blew past his ear, so it deafened him. <laughs> I don't know. He was walking around like he couldn't hear, though. Like, how does one walk around like they can't hear? Well, because he was missing a lot of noise. Okay. Because she was making I some noise. It. He was just like oblivious to it. See the part we also, didn't see. Oh, I was gonna say the part we didn't nope, see. Nope, nope. Go ahead. He has he has earbuds in, like in Blade Trinity, <laughs> where freaking what's her name um, was just running around with constantly techno music pumping into her ears, like completely deafening the fact that you know she would have to hear vampires. But so it's the same concept. He's just got his Apple iTunes going. He's listening to some techno. All right, that makes sense. <laughs> Here's my next question. Oh, good. So she sees the pantry. She goes into the pantry. The way the slats are, it's like in a dressing room in a lady's like clothing store. Mm -hmm. So you can see the people outside, but they can't see you. Right. All that bitch had to do was stay quiet. Yep. Just fucking stay quiet. And you can't even do that. Like you do not deserve to live. Nope. Yeah, because she hides in the closet, and I and I have in parentheses making a lot of noise. I might add, and then she's like, "My curiosity got the best of me, so now I'm gonna look. Now I'm gonna look out of the little slats and see what's going on. Oh my goodness, he's sitting at the table, and the ice cream isn't fully melted. <laughs> yes, he should really. That long. He should really put it back in the freezer." But he's he's sitting there wheezing, too. So it's like they, they kept doing little things with his character to be like, oh, is there something more to him? Like, no, it's just he's out of shape. He's wheezing. Right. He's been <laughs> at this a long time. This that, is old hat. And he that is bur- old. That burlap doesn't breathe well. Right. <laughs> so he finally gets up and walks away. Kristen sighs and, and surprise, surprise, Dollface suddenly looks in at her. It's like, it's like they're supernatural. Like she wasn't there. Kristen is looking straight out into the room and suddenly doll face fills the entire like spot of her vision. So she's just there like, ugh. so doll face begins smashing on the door. Kristen screams, trying to keep her out. And eventually doll face gets bored and walks over to the table and starts playing with the engagement ring box to which Kristen decides she's going to come out and talk to her. She comes out <laughs> For whatever reason, Kristen says, he's going to kill you. And I'm like, wait, what? Why? Run, run. You're magically, f- or your, hood is, your foot is magically healed. Fucking run away, dummy. Wait, no, Chris, you said Kristen said that. No, the girl, no, she... was it Kristen who said yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, because that's, because, yeah, she was like trying to threaten with James. Because then yeah. Dolphin. Oh, oh my gosh. I completely, I missed that whole thing. I yeah, thought no, it, it was. It, it, it shows her saying it. See, you guys watched it with subtitles. I didn't. <laughs> I thought that it was the doll face telling Kristen he's going to kill you, meaning old nutsack face. <laughs> no, no. She doll face because doll face turns and looks at her after she says that. And she picks up the knife and starts walking toward her. And Kristen scr- scrambles at the drawers. In the kitchen and pulls out. I know it was like a paring knife, but it really looked like a butter knife at first. And I started cracking up. 
So she pulls out this little tiny knife. And I thought just... it was a cake serving, like a cake thing. <laughs> well, just then James falls on the back door, coughing and sputtering. And then comes old Sackface behind him holding the shotgun. And this is where Dollface tells her, you're going to die. And James yells for, for Kristen to run. And suddenly she's, she's the hop along kid again and hobbles uh, toward the front door. The adrenaline, adrenaline wore off. She was back in pain. Yep. But pinup girl is there to stop her. So, but then she runs because <laughs> she runs to the bedroom and tries to get out the window. James screams again for her to run. There's a thump and then the bedroom door creaks open. So Kristen turns and slowly approaches the door. The lights come back on. She pokes her head out of the door and gets fucking sacked by sack face. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he fucking throws her against the wall and she bounces off of it. He then she drags up. Out. She did get knocked the fuck out. He then drags her out into the living room and there's, and again, okay, I'll give it this one, this one moment. Any horror movie that does this always makes my skin crawl where they're being dragged and their fingernails are scraping Ooh, on the floor. Yes, yes. Every time I'm like, eh, okay, gross, gross, gross. <laughs> but she screams and then the screen goes black. And it's because she got knocked the fuck out and she's so weak. She's like, <sighs> yep. Can you hear that? I'm scraping it on my desk. Oh, ah. <laughs> so we cut to Kristen sobbing and opening her eyes to see James bound to a chair. We see pinup girl throw back the curtains on a bright, sunny morning. May and, I uh, ask a question, please? Sure. What's up? So Nutsack grabs her and is like bringing her into the living room. Mm -hmm. Where the fuck did Mike's body go? Oh, good point. I didn't think about that. Well, no, because it's still in the hallway. It's. Is it I think because? She, yeah, because when the kids come in later, we still see we see both bodies there. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like then they moved the body for the sake of that shot, because the house was spacious, but it wasn't so big that you could do something like that without. I think encountering another body am i wrong what do you mean like the dragging her down the hall yeah and not like hitting james body or yeah, yeah. that's a, actually yeah that's exactly what i'm saying yeah i i'm gonna go ahead and assume that he hit her so hard that she bounced off the wall flew six feet down the hall and landed <laughs> okay that i mean that i can <laughs> i can take that because, yeah, you're right. He would have to, like, kick Mike out of the way to drag her. But whatevs. <laughs> it's this fucking movie. But so, you know, we find basically she wakes up. We find out that both her and James are bound bound to the chairs. And, you know, it's it's daytime now. Um, Kristen looks up and we see all three st strangers standing in front of them, just staring at them. Now, for the only good part in the entire fucking movie where Kristen says, why are you doing this to us? And Dollface responds, because you are home. That's it. That's the only good part in this entire film. <laughs> so, Also, Kristen, she is now wearing the dress again. Yeah, she is. So, yeah. Wow. I, I'm assuming I, they, they dressed her, probably. Yeah, they Who probably dressed wanted her, though? The mm, old sack face. Oh, no, yeah. On the women. Getting a little peekaboo. Don't like that. 
Well, it's probably like the whole like, uh, you know, the wedding attire is like what they wanted them in or something. I'm just going to assume because it doesn't make any fucking sense. But uh, so Kristen turns to James and tries to hold his hands. She's still wearing the ring. She tells him that she loves him and he nods as they and they both start to sob. Each of the strangers take their masks off, revealing their faces to Kristen and James, but not to the audience. Kristen begs them to stop, but Sackface picks up the knife and slowly stabs it into James. That is one thing I will give the kills in both this and the second one. The slow stab is a fucking brutal way to go. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's just something about that. It's, it's creepy. And then I also think the fact that they take their masks off and we only see like a silhouette. So we see the back of Sackhead's face. Mm. We see... I don't remember the blonde girl. We see her silhouette, but it's masked by her long blonde hair. Mm-hmm. The same with, and I don't remember who was wearing what mask, but, and then the same thing with the brunette. Mm-hmm. Everything is masked by that. And then at the very end of the movie, when we encounter them again, it's the same thing. Yep. We never, we never see their face. Right. And but that's like- when you know that they're going to die. Well, yeah, because it's something actually it's something that happens in a much better film that we will be covering soon. But the whole thing where the killer reveals their face to you, it's kind of like now you've seen my face. Now you have to die. That whole idea. Um, But yeah, she you know, she's begging him to stop. He picks up the knife, slowly stabs it into James. Kristen cries, telling James to look at her, not to look at them. And then, you know, pinup picks up the knife and stabs it into James. Then Dollface picks up the knife and stabs Kristen. Uh, During this, we get like the echoing screams and sobs and we're panning around the daytime countryside. It's all very art fuck. Um, (laughs) But I will I agree with you, but it is very effective because when we last see Liv, Tyler and Jason, Mm -hmm. they're still tied to the chairs. Right. But. Then when we hear the torture and then when we cut back to them, we see that it really is more than what, like, it isn't just them sitting there and stabbing them. Like, some other horrible shit went on. Right. Because now we we come, when we cut back, we see James dead laying on the floor. um, And then Kristen laying next to Mike in the hallway. Then Mike's cell, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Kristen laying on the floor. And then we hear Mike's cell phone ring down the hallway. And surprise, surprise, Kristen's still alive. Slowly, she crawls down the hallway trying to get to it. She grabs it and tries to answer, but the person is gone. She then tries to dial 911, but from behind her, one of the strangers walks up. She shields herself, expecting another attack. They pick up the cell phone and leave her. Now we cut to the two Mormon kids walking their bikes down the road. The strangers pull up in their truck. Dollface gets out and asks for one of their pamphlets. The kid says, are you a sinner? And she says, sometimes. He then hands her one. They get back into the truck where Pinup tells her it'll be easier next time. And I put, and even a worse movie. (laughs) Um, They drive away. The kids continue down the road. Cut to where we saw them in the opening, arriving at the house. One of the boys walks down the hall to where Kristen lay seemingly dead. He reaches out. (laughs) and She grabs his hand and screams. I fucking hate that. Because we need that last jump scare for reasons. It's so fucking dumb. Like It really is. The reason that Nutsack left her 
and only took the cell phone is because you could tell that she was mortally wounded. Oh yeah, she was the whole blue. Right, the whole premise of this movie, and I I looked it up. The it's based on a series like the Manson murders, and then there was a family that was murdered while camping. Yeah. And I forget the third one that it was based on, but it's a conglomerate of true crime stories. Right. She is stabbed so bad. Like when the first time that she wakes up, when she hears a cell phone, you can see her breathing, but you can also see like the accumulation of blood in her stomach. Yeah. And then for her to like crawl that far Mm -hmm. only to have the phone taken away. Like he knew she was going to die. Like leave it at that. Right. Yeah, we did not need that that screen. But that again, that was that late 90s through like 2010s freaking trope of all oh, you need that that one last jump scare before the end. You know, so much so that right. they, they made fun of it and stuff like Scream, you know, where it's like it it was just a fucking annoying trope. Especially because at the very beginning it says I don't remember the exact quote, but something to the effect of the actual events are not really known. Right. So seeing her still alive and screaming, that would lead the viewer to think that there is potential for her to serve. If she survived this, then she can survive and tell people what happened and identify the killer. So that last shot to me kind of defeats the whole point of the anonymity of the killers. Agreed. Honestly, though, th- this is this is based on true events in the same way the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is based on true events. No, that it... really did happen. <laughs> stop, yes. Mike. Stop with your fake news. <laughs> oh, I-, I love how after the remake came out, there were all the people talking about like, oh, no, no. Yeah, there there really is a Thomas Hewitt. Like he's in a psych asylum down in, in, in Texas. And it's like, first of all. The, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the family was named the Sawyers. So, no. <laughs> like, the remake changed it to Hewitt. Stop it. <laughs> and did oh. you see the woman who, I forget her name. She was in the remake and the prequel. She mm. recently died. And there was all this hate, like... Take it for what it is. Like, she was in one of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, but people are fucking hating on the fact that, like, people are posting and associating her, and the press is associating her with being an actress from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it wasn't the real one. Oh, Jesus. when an When an actor dies, yeah, it doesn't matter if it is something like an original role in an original, like, chronology... But she played a character in two movies in a franchise. Right. So just respect that, that she was, it was the, I always thought she kind of looked like Large Marge, but with black hair. bigger gal? Yeah. Yeah. She she died a few days ago and people were just going fucking nuts on the internet about it. It honestly, it's, it's people's hard on for remakes. Like, it's that that we've talked about this before, just how people love to hate on remakes. It's the fucking trendy thing to do. It's like, it's just dumb. You know, it's yeah. like, yes, we all agree that the original Texas Chainsaw was better than the remakes. But that's not to say that the remakes don't have their fucking fan base. Right. You know? And they don't even if they don't make sense. Yeah. They still have their place in the canon. Of course. But uh, 
so a little bit of trivia about this. Um, according to the director, this film is partially based on an incident he experienced as a child. He says, one evening, a stranger came to his door, asked for someone who was not there, and then left. Later, he found out that other homes in his neighborhood had been broken into that night. That so, was the third one. So his his actual experience? Yeah. Yeah, that was the third thing that I couldn't think of was his actual experience of being a kid. And because yeah. he was home, they didn't break in. They're actually now I might have told this. I don't know if I told the story on here before. I might have told you guys about it. There was an incident. Uh, I grew up on 22nd Street. It was when I was I was a baby um, and my brother and sister were young. My dad was working overnights at the time. He's working at Olin. And my mom. So my mom was home alone with all of us. And kind of wintry. It was snowy enough out, but it wasn't like a snowstorm. It was just there was snow on the ground. Some guy showed up at my my house at like eleven o'clock at night and knocked on the door. You know, so you my mom told me the story. Yeah, how she was asking like because he was like, "Oh, my car broke down. Can I use your phone?" And she was like, "You know, no. But if you give me the number, I'll call for you." And he's like, "You're not going to let me in." And she's like, "No, I'm not." And he started pounding on the door. So she went upstairs, got my dad's shotgun and came back to the door and he was getting in his car and there was snow packed in over the license plate and he took off. Yeah, I remember you telling me that story. Yeah. So, like, I mean, this shit does happen. That's what makes this concept so scary. Right. And you I mean, that's in the city of Niagara Falls. Right. You know, nowadays they'd be like, "Eh, I see nothing. (laughs) <laughs> well, you got to figure this. This was like 81 because <laughs> right. I was a baby. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's like I will give the film this. That concept is terrifying. It's just its execution was so horribly done. Um, but a couple other little things about the trivia is uh, apparently this film was entirely shot with handheld cameras or steady cams. So I was like, that's kind of cool. And um, <laughs> this surprised me. The film was shot in chronological order. As we know, that rarely happens. Right. Like that's, that's interesting. But uh, and this I just found funny that during during the filming, uh, in order to get an actual reaction from Liv Tyler, uh, the director would tell her to expect a loud bang from like a different area. He'd be like, OK, the, the bang is coming from the door. And then he would have a loud noise come from a completely different direction to scare the shit out of her. So it didn't work. I was going to say, like, he was already getting a very wooden (laughs) reaction from her. So that little bit of reaction we got was him actually trying to scare her. Can I ask us each a question when finish your trivia and then I'll ask the question? Uh, Well, one one last thing is that uh, during the the, uh, theatrical run of this, that many movie theaters were sent faulty reels of the movie containing sound problems, which left a couple of a couple of minutes of the film with no sound whatsoever. And uh, and then other minutes filmed with or filled with static. Most of the audiences didn't realize that there was a problem. <laughs> Just <laughs> that was what they meant. <laughs> so that tells you something when the audience is like, sure, why not? I guess it's silent now. Oh, static. Sure, I guess. Like, that tells you something's wrong with your movie. But what were you going to say, Susie? All right, I have two questions. One, you said that you rented the extended edition. Uh Uh-huh. What was in there that, if you remember, was not in the original theatrical release? 
I have no fucking clue. I'll be honest with you. Okay. There, there, there were the two the two options on Amazon, and I just I just clicked on the one and was like, yeah, okay, rent. And um, when I w- the reason I noticed is because the runtime on the one I watched was like an hour and twenty nine minutes or something like that, and I was typing up the uh, you know the uh, the opening credits to this and i was like wait a second hour and 26 minutes i was like what is that what, what's going what so i went back and looked at amazon again and looked at the other one and saw one was an hour and 26 minutes and the other one was longer and i'm like well fuck i guess this is the uncut version so my guess is maybe a couple more lingering shots of blood i don't know or a cut scene maybe maybe next question mm-hmm Given the, we've already talked about how the writing is not good. The mm-hmm. acting was definitely like not good. Yeah. And I don't have an answer right now, but maybe we can come back around to this in a different discussion after, you know, pontificating. Who do we think would have been a better Kate and Jason? Even if it's, even if it's today, not necessarily 2008. Like, mm. like actors that were big hits, but who do we think could make those characters more likable and make the movie as a whole more enjoyable? Hmm. Well, I think it, it still wouldn't be more enjoyable without a better script. Um, okay, a lot more, of wa- more watchable. Honestly, I always, I always forget her name, but the, the chick who we saw uh, last week in don't breathe, the one who played uh, Rocky, I've liked her in everything I've seen her in, and I could see her holding her own against these people. Yeah, see, I would have liked that. Watching Don't Breathe for the first time last week, that's the first person I thought of. That I think the actress who played Rocky would have been a much better Kate. And yeah, I well, she think... was she was awesome in the Evil Dead remake as well. Oh, she was. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Jim, Jimmy James, Jimmy Jim Bob, um. <laughs> I think The Rock. <laughs> I'm not being serious at all. I don't, I honestly, I, I don't know. I actually thought of that question off the cuff. But after, like, after I said it, the girl from last week from Don't Breathe and from the remake of Evil Dead, I think she would have done much better as Kate. Yeah. I think that the three of us could write a better script for a remake of this movie than that was written. And produced I, I i would say the newest scream queen jenna ortega would be good in this role i know the okay. name but i can't think off the top of my head what she has been in she was in scream five um mm-hmm. oh wait is she, she the girl next? who get the girl at the very beginning who gets stabbed yeah yep. yes yes i thought she was amazing in scream five and she was she's in something else too isn't she mike it's I'm it I it's on the tip of my tongue. I'm gonna have to consult the bones here because, like, she's been in like three. I mean, two that we've definitely seen recently: screaming uh, X. I haven't seen uh, X, yeah. so no X, spoilers. Ooh, that one, that one got X, under my skin. X is coming uh, to streaming tomorrow. I heard the Babysitter Killer Queen. That's the other yes. one. I'm remembering yep. from. Oh, okay. Yep. Now X. Um, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to, to influence your decision on this, but uh, like I, I really, before you go for further and I don't mean mm-hmm. to interrupt you, 
I am going into this knowing nothing other right. than that. It's supposed to be a really fucked up movie. And that's that's the way you should go in, because because I, I don't know about you, Maurice, but I know when we saw it, I really didn't know much. I, 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 I knew that it was it was obviously about, you know, porn because it's X. Um, and I knew that shit goes bad. That's about all I knew. There are a few scenes in this film that really got under my skin and some some beautiful cinematography. There, there's one shot in particular that is like an overhead shot from a very like high vantage point. And it just it looks really cool. Like so the film is well made. I'll just say that. I'm trying not to say anything that'll give anything yeah, away. Yeah, don't give anything away because I I've read things that are very vague. Yeah. About it. I don't really know much about the plot. I know that it is a very controversial movie and I've heard either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. There is uh, no in between. Here here's the best way I could tell you. And it's a movie reference. It's Boogie Boogie Nights meets Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. All right. I I can respect that. It's... So I'm going to get like a 55-inch dong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's mention of a large unit. <laughs> okay. No, I I really am like looking forward to watching this movie. <laughs> so for the Patreon listeners, you guys just got like a lengthy rant about, uh, you know, Marvel movies and... and... <laughs> Marvel television shows and there's your there's your Patreon for the month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got uh, shit to say about about dwarf invasion. Exactly. So you know, a nice, nice, good, uh, a nice, good fifteen minute rant there. Um, but we are we are going to wrap this up. So uh, for for those of you not listening to us or following us, listening to us, Jesus. For those of you not following us on social media, uh, we are the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. And Maurice handles our Twitter. What is that good, sir? At Boogeyman's Spa. Thank you very much. Um, as mentioned, we do have a Patreon. So if you want to hear what the hell we were talking about, it's $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes, as well as one exclusive episode per month. Anything higher will get you artwork in the mail, uh, birthday pics, stuff like that. Get to tell us what to watch once a year, those kind of things. Uh, we are part of the Rad Pantheon Network. So if you guys like this program and are looking for, for others of this ilk, uh, check out radpantheon.com where you will find my other two podcasts, uh, Raised by Rentals, that we do with Josh Strasberg, and um, Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash, where three grown man children talk about toys and bitch about Muppets. Um, so, yeah, check out radpantheon.com for all of that, as well as a bunch of artists and cool musicians, lots of good stuff there. So, for those of you that want to watch our next movie before we cover it, uh, episode 139 is going to be Hush. So the Netflix was a 2016, I think, movie. Um, oh, another so good. Another home invasion romp. So, yes, unlike this movie, I believe this is one we will all enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I liked this the first time I saw it. The concept, I'm going to save it for next week. Ooh, it's good. It's good stuff. But so, yeah, we, we are going to we are going to wrap this up here. So, as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at the Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Thank you. Thank you.